Welcome to the Video Gamer Podcast, episode 252. My name is Colin Mahern, and with me this week, huge apologies to his customers, especially those who travelled out of their way to find out he was closed. It's Mike Harridance. <laughs> Hello. And it's been a hell of a week, but she's making progress. It's Alice Bell. Hello. I know what it is. I know what it is. Go on, Alice. It's go on. KFC chicken shortage, isn't it? So, yes, it is. Well done. Very, again, very good at this this one which has turned into a game it I know wasn't, wasn't meant to be it wasn't meant to be and I feel mounting pressure every week now because I've I've got a mostly unbroken I can't remember the last time I didn't get one uh, yeah <laughs> but I have, I have no the earthquakes wasn't it did no I got that? the earthquake did, and then did. and I remember specifically because I said I don't know if I will because I'm not on the internet as much now yep and then, yeah. and but then, you have heard of KFC's chicken shortage yes it was amazing who, so who enjoys <laughs> KFC that much that they would pay £100 for a bargain bucket that someone bought at a KFC that did have chicken listen KFC is pretty good K- but, but what is it though like KFC KFC is fine but I thought well, KFC had been replaced by Nando's as the kind of the fast no, food chicken no, restaurant because it, it doesn't so Nan, let me explain so yeah, give us, give please, us a please do up. vegetarian Alice explain <laughs> no, I know I, I really miss this is this is why I can I'm I'm sort of sometimes I'm like well does chicken count because chicken is a pretty stupid like so maybe it counts does as eating a plant spoke like a true vegetarian <laughs> does chicken count maybe chickens are stupid enough that they they count as some sort of algae and not an actual animal because I had chickens when I was a kid and they're fucking stupid right and they're also really mean. So I wouldn't necessarily feel bad about eating chicken in the same would, way. Would you, would you eat a tiger? No, because they're, they're tigers can be quite mean. Yeah, as well. but they're endangered and beautiful, whereas chickens are just shitty little dinosaurs. Um, anyway, explain. and they will eat each other as well. By the way, if you break an egg in front of a chicken, it will fucking eat that up. Um, anyway, disgusting. So. <laughs> So KFC had a chicken shortage and there was like most of the stores in London had to close. And KFC is different to Nando's because Nando's doesn't do like deep fried. Nando's is kind of almost healthy chicken. Nando's Sorry, doesn't. It can be, I suppose. Well, it can be. Nando's yeah. doesn't do like deep fried kind of bits of skin as popcorn chicken or like. But in the public consciousness, like Nando's is like even the phrase cheeky Nando's, which obviously sends Americans into a tizzy. Like it's. <laughs> I feel like that that is, that is the new chicken place. They're one of no? their separate cultural kind of, you know, experiences. Perhaps, like a, perhaps. Because like, yeah. you could take someone on a date to Nando's. I you did. couldn't take someone on a date to, to KFC, KFC necessarily. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure people do, but I wouldn't. Fair. Maybe when, they, I mean, you know, a few take, dates in. <laughs> if you're taking someone to, on a date to Nando's, maybe should be like a cinema after it. Maybe. Before or after, kind Bef- of. Thing. Before, yeah. I yeah, I took. Okay, a, yeah, he's yeah. done all this. No, the I have. Steps. Yeah, cinema first, then Nando's. Yeah, I like one, it. one or the other. I wouldn't just say solely Nando's. But I don't think they're the same. Like Nando's doesn't have the exactly the same fast foodie vibe as KFC does. It's I co- wouldn't pay a hundred quid for like cold KFC. You wouldn't. No. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But also, the other thing. People would thing, apparently. KFC, uh, your KFC experience varies greatly from location to location because sometimes, like, there's different recipes for the the gravy that they sometimes don't follow and stuff. So that, you know. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just, I mean, I didn't do a massive amount of reading on KFC's chicken shortage. How did they run out of chicken? So they switched suppliers for their chicken. And there was a teething period where, like, the system wasn't working properly, so the chicken didn't get sent out. 
So it meant the chicken was not in the shops, but also it meant there was a load of wasted chicken. So they looked at like giving it to charity and stuff. So there wasn't just shitloads of rotting chicken <laughs> left anywhere. Um, and then like, yeah, it became a whole thing. And then like uh, Pengus Munch, the chicken connoisseur got involved and like urged for calm and like suggested people go to their local chicken restaurants. Good, yeah, um, yeah. All this kind of stuff was good. There was a live feed on one of the UK uh, paper site websites. I can't remember <laughs> which it was. And we were in the office talking about it. It was like a live, it was like a, a live updates. And Rich Walker was like, what idiot called it that and not the chicken feed? If <laughs> <laughs> you're out there, Rich, we miss you. to the news this week and I don't know if you were planning on having a relationship with anyone who you play games with and never met them before maybe pursuing a relationship or pursuing some form of political career you can't do either of those you can't campaign or pursue relationships in Metal Gear Survive Duh. I know it's it's absolutely outrageous Mike yeah. um, so before you start the game normally right you get a EULA End user license agreement. Uh, more like, uh, what did I start the other day? Uh, I started Dragon Ball um, because I haven't played a game in ages because I've been moving. VGBG, yeah. you find out on Friday. Uh, but yeah, and there's like big, long EULA and there's some other, like the odd, odd games. Yeah, it's not you, like, don't copy this shit. Don't, yeah, you like, just like, you just scroll down to the very bottom and you go, accept. Accept, yeah. yeah. Agree, whatever, don't care. However, Matt... Pap Rocky on Twitter, he actually did go through the EULA agreement on Metal Gear Survive and spotted some absolute gems. Uh, so one of the conditions to playing Metal Gear Survive that you have to agree to is uh, that you can't seek a relationship with another person uh, or act that Konami determines is made for the main purpose of causing a relationship Include what the fuck that's worded weirdly, but basically you can't seek a relationship, <laughs> and also you can't campaign or pre-election uh, for pre-election campaign, campaign or participate in politics or other similar acts. So like, uh, it would be an interesting tactic. I feel like maybe when he was doing the Glastonbury rounds, maybe Jeremy Corbyn would do that. Maybe he'd get involved in uh, some sort of multiplayer yeah, game yeah, and yeah. jump in. Maybe <laughs> maybe he did, and this is why they've had to put that in there. Maybe there's some sort of, I don't know, that could be a veiled sort of like a threat against spies. Satire. Very good. Well done, Colm. Um, but yeah, so you, you're, you're not allowed to do any of that, right? Uh, which, I just, it's spurred me on to maybe... Or encourage me at least, because I can't say spur me out because I haven't done it yet. But it's encouraged me to, to go through EULAs in future yeah. and actually have a look and see what we are allowed and not allowed to do. Well, I mean, this is... Yeah. I, like, apparently there was loads of other weird stuff in it as well, like weirdly specific stuff that they put in there. And that, I'm pretty sure it's not standard. But then again, it might be because we never read them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe everyone that's found like a partner through playing WoW has in fact been a breach of uh, yeah, breach the, of the, the terms, yeah. The Blizzard Zula, <laughs> yeah. But also like people, like people do kind of meet people through playing games online, but they're not like approaching it deliberately. To, like no one's saying like I've had no luck on Tinder. Fire up Metal Gear Survive. Yeah. 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 I mean, very few people are saying fire up metal will get survival. Oh, so oh. <laughs> well. Um, well, if you do fire up metal gear survive, you won't be able to have an extra character slot. Well, you, I, I tell a lie. You can, but you'll have to pay, give or take, around a tenner to uh, 
to have an extra character slot because Metal Gear Survive has this uh, in-game currency called SV coins, which um, yeah, it's just I think it's just survive coins, isn't it? Um, and uh, each a new save slot will cost you a thousand coins, which is something you can't actually buy. You can only buy uh, a pack of eleven hundred and fifty coins. Um, so you have to spend like a little bit extra, I think. Mm. Um, and the only way currently to get these SV coins is by spending money. Over the weekend, when the game launched, they did have, I don't know, was it every day? But they definitely had uh, login bonuses of like, I think it was like 150 coins maybe each day or one of the days, something like that. But So like, I don't know, is this, is it going to give you SV coins it's not going to be every day will they give it to you every weekend will they what I'm not entirely sure but it just it's uh, I don't know it it just in this time uh, this current time for Konami it seems like a a very ill-advised move yeah yeah the the public's uh, kind of what would the word be the public's perception perception and the public's Mm. um, kind of threshold for accepting microtransactions has Never been lower. Yeah, really. <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, I, I like. It, I don't know. It, like it. Every single move that they make, it. I. I don't know who is. Uh, yeah, who who is advising them on it? It just seems like a weird thing to do to to have um, to to not allow. To not allow other saves, it just seems so antiquated and so just greedy. Really. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. That's just. Mental, completely mental. Um, but there, there was, I, I, I suppose, there was a, maybe a few glimmers of light uh, in Metal Gear Survive news. There was the uh, the fact that there's going to be a new co-op mission. I think it's called the Rescue Mission, which is being added next month. And yep. there was also a nice little nod to Hideo Kojima as well in um, in the opening section of the game, Mike, wasn't there? Yeah, it's um, yeah. As you well, obviously, I haven't played the game, but as you know, Colin, when you you start it up and stuff, and you create your character, and you have like a little um, a clipboard with your name on it, and it lists a load of other soldiers, and basically the um, the surname, if you can call it that, of some of the soldiers spells out uh, some uh, KG KGP Forever, which yeah. is a we believe is a reference for Kojima Productions Forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a little um, a stealthy little nod in there to. Uh, <laughs> Hideo Kojima's um, company and before obviously the developer of Metal Gear Solid 5 etc mm-hmm. yeah but he's not worried about Metal Gear anymore Mike he is worried about Death Stranding he wants yes. to make that the best game possible and he's going to make it the best game possible by employing the talents of Troy Baker and Emily O'Brien the mm. new Nolan North yes uh, <laughs> yeah, so Troy well is, is Troy Baker the new Nolan nah, North nah, I mean, Troy like... Baker is <laughs> He's Troy Baker, yeah, okay. They've been simultaneously, like, there's, I think, some sort of secret contract somewhere that says either Troy Baker or Nolan North North. must be in your game. One of the two. (laughs) Or both. Both, if possible. Uh, So, on Emily O'Brien's Instagram, she posted a picture. I think this was how it was announced, wasn't it? There was no real formal way it was announced. Yeah, that's Uh, right. Yeah, just on Instagram. posted a picture saying, honour to be working on Hideo Kojima's new project, Death Stranding. I'm a lucky gal. Uh, and this was while she was standing next to Troy Baker. Troy Baker, yeah, you know him from various games, such as all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and Emily O'Brien, uh, you might know her from... She was in The Order 1886, Shadow of Mordor, uh, Batman The Enemy Within. Uh, she's she's in Days Gone, which is out... T- TBD. Fifth. Yeah. Um, next? This year? <laughs> 
Presumably, sure. Presumably this year, but who knows? And yeah. she was also in, and I should have written this down. She was also in a, an American soap opera called See I Only Have Days of Our Lives in My Head which was a fake soap opera which had Dr. Drake Ramore uh, which was a character that Joey Tr- um, Tribbiani played so I can't it was something like Days of Our Lives but it wasn't called Days of Our Lives Days of, I'm sure there is one actually called Days of Our Lives I thought Days of Our Lives was the fake one that was in Friends I didn't think that was actually real but it's called something like that I can't remember what it is but anyway she's in it too um, so yeah, I mean that's that's no days of our lives is real. Is days of our lives real? Yeah. Wow, mind so, blown. So is so what? What was Friends on NBC? Yes, because Days of Our Lives is NBC as well. So ah, uh, okay. Well, that's yeah. The the more you know, it's got five point three on IMDb. <laughs> on IMDb, that's not bad. Is Days of Our Lives still going? Is it or is, uh, it, is it the Brook side of American soap operas? <laughs> it Brook is, side. Oh, that takes has, me back. <laughs> Let's have a look. Uh, is it ongoing? Yeah, ongoing. Oh, well done. Well done, Days of Our Lives. Congratulations Yay. on lasting, lasting the distance. Five decades on air. It's longer than Carnation Street, is it? Uh, I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm, someone will probably correct us. So, um, <laughs> but do, you know, do you know what else has had a bit of a, a, a long life? Is Borno Paradise. Because that is coming back. Yes. Uh, we spoke about this when the rumours were circulating. Mm. Yep. I think it started on a Brazilian website. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of talk of it coming out in March. And it is. It will be released on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One on the 16th of March. And uh, Burnout Paradise Remastered is effectively the PC version. That's the best way to describe this. Uh, it will have all of the DLC... Um, and it's going to be in lovely 4K as well for PS4 Pro and Xbox One X. Uh, Criterion's general manager, Matt Webster, said, When people think of Criterion games, they often remember the Burnout franchise, and for good reason. What were created 10 years ago, we feel is still fun and unique to this day in the gaming industry. Uh, and as well as that, which I think is very important, Burnout Paradise will have the original soundtrack. <laughs> so, Paradise City, Girlfriend, and we're not sure, maybe... <laughs> The uh, DJ, whatever his name was, DJ Sponge or something, whatever. What the fuck was that lad's name? Oh, God, God, yeah. God, he was annoying bollocks. <laughs> but I feel like he, he would complete the experience. I think it's important to have him as well. Um, this, like, it's, as uh, Matt Webster says, yeah, like, the reason people go back to Burnout Paradise a lot or just think about it is because it's probably the pinnacle of that franchise. It was just yeah. an absolute fucking belter of a game. Like, did you play it, Mike? I played it briefly, yeah. I can't believe that it's 10 years old. That uh, that makes me feel old. It's quite scary. So, um, yeah, but I mean, I'm definitely going to give this another round. Definitely give it the attention it deserves. And I'm thrilled that the soundtrack is in place because you can't... That just wouldn't be the same without those tunes, would it? It just wouldn't. It would just would not be the same. So I'm relieved that um, it's back in there. No, it's, it's important to have... Yeah. Especially Paradise City. City, yeah. And Girlfriend. You know? <laughs> well, obviously, yeah. Like, I wouldn't necessarily say that's my favourite Avril Lavigne track. What is but... your favourite? I'm a big fan of Girlfriend. I think the video is great as well, where she plays both the preppy girl and the... the I have of, a soft the, spot the for I'm with you. The rock chick, yeah. Yeah, the rock chick. Uh, I, I don't know. See, Girlfriend came out at a time in my life where I would have... 
poo pooed that type of music. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's so it's fucking look at that. Oh, that shit manufactured, manufactured. That's Simon Cole rock. That is. Um, whereas nowadays, like, whereas see, I would have said that. I would have been like, oh, it's manufactured punk, and I would have been like, anyway, I'm going back to my Blink One Eighty Two, whatever. And it's like, I mean, it all is. Like, do you know? So are you, yeah. I mean, are you a are you a Lavinier purist then, like a? I don't know, like, look, Skater listen, boy. It's, it's very hard. I didn't like that either. But it's very, you fucking did. it's very hard to look past complicated. Like, you know, yeah. it, complicated was, that was the song. It was just the song of a generation. And that's probably, <laughs> that's probably about 15 years old now. No, it's, it's older. That was 2000, wasn't it? No, oh. 2002, I'm pretty sure. Was it? Don't ask me why I know that. Yeah, well done, Mike. Fair play. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was 2002. Do you know so, there's, yeah. a, there's a a kind of conspiracy theory that says that the real Avril Lavigne died at some point in the early 2000s? What, like Paul McCartney? Even this? before, and has since been replaced by a lookalike Avril Lavigne. And there's those pictures on the internet of like people circling like the shape of her nose and shit and comparing previous photos see the Paul McCartney one I'd give a bit more credence to because of like I, I don't know like <laughs> maybe whatever but like with Avril Lavigne like in this day and age yeah technology and surgery and whatever has come so far like she like circling the shape of her nose she could have just got a nose job like that's... it was also like comparing like here's a mole on this cheek that was got or, or like stuff I can't remember Wow, I did not know about that. Where have I been? Is it, is it's it, not, I mean, it's not like a huge pop culture movement or anything. Like, yeah, it doesn't sound like, um, doesn't sound like it. But yeah, uh, Burnout Paradise is a wonderful game. And whilst, I think, traditionally speaking, uh, video gamer, not that hot on remasters because, you know, like, we like new stuff. But at the same time, Burnout Paradise is probably, as I say, the pinnacle of its genre. Just as Sonic the Hedgehog is... Of his, and thanks be to Christ, on the 15th of November 2019, we will be able to see Sonic the Hedgehog on the big screen. As Paramount Pictures has confirmed Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, if that is going to be the official title, uh, that is when it's coming out. Uh, The Sonic the Hedgehog script will be written by Pat Casey and Josh Miller, who uh, worked on a film I never heard of up until about a half an hour ago called (laughs) Golan the Insatiable. Anyone shed any light on that? Apparently not. Nope. Uh, and it's going to be a little bit like Roger Rabbit, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, in the way that it will be live action and CG. Did the Mario... I'm trying to remember. Did they say the Mario film was going to be similar? It was going to have like half CG and half I've only real elements. Re- I've only read uh, that it's for animation, the Mario film. I haven't read anything like half... like C- maybe, um, maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, well, as, you, knows? as you know, for me, there will only ever be one Mario film. So. Yeah, as for every, all of us, I'm sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> but the Sonic the Hedgehog film, fucking yes. Get that in me. Are you up for it? Yeah, of course I am. <laughs> Are you not worried that it'll be shit? Uh, listen, there is no preserving... Uh, the, the like the memory, the the Riz, the, like, ma- <laughs> the mastery, the majesty of Sonic the Hedgehog, because that <laughs> went out a long time ago. So let's just go for it. Like what, what yeah, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. It can be utter shit. Fuck it, if it is utter shit, brilliant. We get content out of it. Didn't they? Didn't they release? Um, I'm sure I remember seeing an animated Sonic film, maybe some 15 years ago. Was that just like a one-off, like kind of giant episode of a cartoon series? In. Uh, did they release it in cinemas? It wasn't in cinemas. It was like one of those direct to um, video. I mean, there's because there's there's been loads of well, loads. I don't know if there's been, but I, I'm fairly sure there have been 
like feature length feature, yeah, uh, probably one of those episodes of Sonic cartoons. Yeah, it's probably one of those. I know Knuckles was in it, and Knuckles was never in the cartoons, as far as I know. At least not the first two. He wasn't in the first. Yeah, like yeah. The, the first one was, uh, was it called the Adventures of Sonic and but, Tails or something. Yeah, um, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. He there was one was super serious one. one, and there was one really, really stupid one. Well, uh, this, of- <laughs> well, let's. Uh, what's the latest one? Sonic Boom, isn't it? That yeah. one is very like that one is very popular and often gets. Uh, plaudits from adults as well as children yeah, for, like, for its writing. Where, like, they tried to it's make it Sonic. Some, some Ikea furniture or something mm. and stuff. Like It's it's Sonic for the now. Yeah, yeah, yeah very, <laughs> okay. very much so. And like, we'll put in little nods and I think puts in little nods about oh, Sonic the Hedgehog is shit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick with my memories of the 90s cartoons, thanks. Uh, yeah, and what memories they were. Um, Alice Bell has many memories of this man's games. Oh, Tim yeah. Schafer, uh, yeah. Alice Bell, big big fan of Maniac Mansion, Day of the Tentacle, Grim oh, Fandango. Oh, oh, although, no, you going, weren't actually, going. were you? Grim Fandango passed me by a little bit, but yeah. Um, that was a little bit. Pa- so, yeah, was it. I played it when it was remastered. Um, but yeah, Grim, Fandango, Grim Fandango, good, uh, Monkey Island, amazing, all, all that fun stuff, all the Lucas Lucasfilm that was then yeah. LucasArts. Um, yeah. I, I was probably. I was only really exposed to Tim Schafer through Double Fine that was my I didn't really play many of the, the LucasArts LucasFilm games same but Tim Schafer will be uh, he will be getting the BAFTA Fellowship at uh, the BAFTA Games Awards on the 12th of April um, so he will be following in the footsteps of Peter Molyneux uh, Miyamoto Will Rice of Sims fame John Carmack of id fame and now is it Oculus he's at isn't it it is I think uh, and uh, Schaefer said I am surprised humbled and honoured to be receiving the BAFTA fellowship this year BAFTA's long standing support of video games and championing of creativity and strong storytelling in that medium have had an extremely positive impact and I'm very grateful to be recognised by them with this fellowship uh, which is just a, a nice nice little note um, yeah. I, I wonder I wonder like it feels all these not authors, uh, but like just faces of studios. Uh, like, I, 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 who are the new ones coming up? Because I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, who I know they what are. you mean. Cliffy B. <laughs> I mean, is, is he? Is he considered new? Is he? Well, I mean, he's newer than those lads, I guess. Uh, mm. Perhaps, yeah. Um, I suppose. Well, fuck it, is he? Like Jack Jack Rabbit would have probably been around the time of like a lot of okay, early fair. double fine stuff. I would um, think. I don't know, I'm pulling that out of my arse, I don't know. But also, <laughs> something else I will also pull out of my arse is that there will be a new Super Smash Brothers game this year. <laughs> is it this year? I'm trying to see. Yes. I think it's rumoured to be this year. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Emily Rogers, uh, who is just uh, an industry tipster, Mike, is it? <laughs> yes, a well-known um, industry insider, tipster, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, she was on Reset Era, and uh, she basically said that there will be a new Super Smash Brothers game on the Switch this year. Which will be... Is it an updated version of the Wii U and 3DS? It, yeah, it's a little it's a little ambiguous as to what it is. It's meant, from what I can tell, she, she couldn't confirm or deny if it was literally just the Smash Brothers uh, Wii U game updated. It's going to have elements of those, but they will feature various... Uh, it will be updated for the Switch in the sense there will be new content, but it's not... She couldn't, like, confirm or deny if it was, like... A remastered version, shall we mm-hmm. say? So it could be like a new game with stuff 
a couple of bits of bit, bits and pieces thrown in from those games, or it could be those games with some extra bits and pe- uh, a few extra bits and pieces for the Switch. So who knows? Because it sounds <laughs> a little bit like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Yeah, it, which yeah. which yeah, this is all rumor and speculation at this time. But yep. like we have said a couple of times on on this podcast as well how like last year the Switch went hard in its first year with Mario and Zelda, and yep. this year feels. Uh, <laughs> Maybe a little more muted on like the big franchise front. Mm-hmm. Like there is a new Kirby coming and there is a new Yoshi, but there is it doesn't feel like there's another like a big belter yeah. well, of a I Nintendo mean, they, franchise. They've got the the cardboard. Well, yeah, we know that. No, yeah, we know. Like, yeah, there is the labo. Yeah, yeah. And, but that's, I guess it's not a big belter of a franchise. It's something for but like all, for the new generation. Like all the. Like the like, no date on Metroid, no date on uh, no. Pokemon. We don't even have a logo or a name for Pokemon. We just know yeah. it's being worked on. Well, uh, like this is obviously being rumored. I, I mean, may, maybe they could announce it as any three or whatever during their like Nintendo Direct and be like, mm. yeah, it's out in September. Well, I mean, Lava came from fucking nowhere. Yeah, well, they are. To be fair, I mean, you have a point. They are actually. Uh, they seem to be like remastering a lot of games this year. I mean, you've got Hyrule Warriors, which has been like, uh, it's like the uh, definitive edition, which obviously that was on Wii U and uh, 3DS. And I'm pretty sure they're, they're bringing, um, oh, aren't they doing uh, Detective Pikachu as well? Uh, oh, no, that was, uh, no, sorry, that's on DS and it's coming out in the West. But yeah, mm-hmm. they're doing, obviously, you've got Hyrule Warriors, which is another remaster, a Wii U remaster. So, but yeah, I mean, Metroid is probably a long way off I mean what we had a logo with that was that it yeah, yeah. <laughs> got a logo so yeah I don't know we'll we'll see um, there may be like Super Smash Brothers is always exciting like because of all the characters that can be in it like they really like I remember when they announced like Sonic or they announced like Solid Snake it's just it's like wow what are they doing here just like Gordon Freeman in fucking Final Fantasy 15 <laughs> what's that about but, Alice I mean that wasn't your best was my best, but I still, you know. I enjoy though. I enjoy those ones where I sneak up on myself and I go, "Shit!" You're like, "I don't know what I'm doing here." Not sure. <laughs> Come on, me, oh, pull this out of the bag. I thought that was a very admirable effort. Uh, thank you very much. And see, normally I do pull it out of the bag. Uh, <laughs> Colin Mahern way. Uh, but yeah, Gordon Freeman is going to be. Uh, uh, can someone explain this to me? Is he going to be playable in the PC version of Final Fantasy 15, or is it that you can dress up? As Gordon Freeman, like, the weird, <laughs> whilst playing as Noctis. The weird thing is, it looks like both the press, the actual press release says you you get his clobber basically. You know, you get his 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 um his weapon. Sorry, crowbar. His um suit. His glasses. But the screenshots show clearly show him. clearly show him. I mean, it's not like obviously it doesn't look like Noctis. Uh, dressed up as him. It looks like Gordon Freeman, you know, his face and everything. It's Gordon Freeman. So that's a bit, unless, you know, when you dress up as him, your face just changes to Gordon Freeman. But I, 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 this, I think it's like a PC pre order. Yes, it is. The, yeah, you have yeah. to like yeah. pre order Yeah, the Windows edition. You have to pre order it before May, May the 1st yeah. and you get access to the Half Life pack. What's going on? <laughs> Which is also, you know, the PC version is coming out. Day and date with the Royal Edition for PS4 and Xbox mm. One, which like gives you all the DLC currently released. What's, what's going on? Lads? Well, is it? I mean, it's I confirmed mean... <laughs> Half Life Three, obviously, isn't it? Yeah, which which <laughs> is something to get excited about because yeah, cause Final Fantasy Fifteen is Fifteen is three times five, and you yeah, know, go on, no, <laughs> <laughs> three times five, so there'll be five versions of 
There'll be five episodes of Half-Life 3. There, there you, you go. go. <laughs> solved. Problem solved. Uh, but yeah, it is good that we are getting more Half-Life games because we're not getting any more Tony Hawk's Pro Skater games. Uh, and that's from the Birdman himself who said that. Uh, on Twitter, Tony Hawk said, uh, to anyone asking me to remaster old games which I enjoy he put in quotations to remaster all games or complaining about THPS servers being down. Activision owns the THPS license, but I am no longer working with them. If I had the skills slash authority to reboot servers or code games for newer systems on my own, I would be happy to ellipses. Listen, Tony Hawk's probably got, like, he's got enough money. I'm sure he could make some spare time. Why not just learn to code, mate? Yeah, seems a bit selfish, <laughs> doesn't it? Learn some C++. Like, <laughs> like why, why he isn't going the extra mile and yeah. serving Fuck his you, audience. Tony. <laughs> seems yeah. a little one-man Tony Hawk's game working from his little office yeah. or something. That could be good. That would be what pix- pixel art or, you know. <laughs> how many, like, how many uh, 900s is he doing at his age now? I can't okay. imagine Tony Hawk is still competing. I haven't watched the X Games in quite a while. How old is he nowadays, anyway? I, I bet you he's. Oh, I bet you he's younger than you think. Do you want to guess? I'll look him up. I'm going to say Tony Hawk is forty nine. I'm going to guess he's forty two. I, I I think he Anthony Frank Hawk is forty nine. Yes, bloody hell! See, it's just like Tony Hawk's been around for fucking however long. It just seems like he is going to be about six hundred. Yeah, he's not. So there is still time, definitely. Do you know, you can teach an old dog new tricks. So I think mm. Tony, if maybe he like he owns his name, like he could set up Tony Hawk's roller, yeah, board. roller stick. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Hawk's plank of wood on wheels. Plank of wood. Like he could easily do that. <laughs> on to what we've been playing this week, and whilst it hasn't been loads. I have played a little bit of Metal Gear Survive. And I have survived it, as the name would suggest. Uh, but it's, it's kind of whatever. Like, um, really, I, I, it's, it's, very much, it's very much a game that feels like it, it doesn't need the Metal Gear uh, prefix. I mean, well, maybe it does, because it, it drums up interest. If Metal Gear wasn't there, we pro- none of us would probably well, give a shit about it. I mean, it. do you think that Metal Gear being attached to it harms it or helps it more? In what way? Like, it, it probably helps it uh, monetarily. Um, oh, it, it, it will sell more copies. It harms it... Uh, it harms it artistically, I suppose, you know, like because people are going to come in with preconceived notions and going to be like... Most people who are Metal Gear Solid fans are going to be coming into this going, I am going to hate this because Hideox Jim isn't there and he is God and everything he has ever done with Metal Gear has been an absolute fucking slam dunk yeah. and this is going to be terrible. True. And it's it's not like... It's is, probably, it, is, it's, it it's is it fine? It's not terrible. It seems fine. Um, it seems fine with some terrible elements, so I suppose, to be, to be fair. Because, yeah, I've played... The opening was maybe three hours or so, and it it's all very micromanaging, just annoyances. Because in Metal Gear Survive, you have to you have a stamina bar and a health bar, and your stamina stamina bar is affected by pretty much everything. Uh, if you 
uh, jog for a small bit. Stamina just go. You're the most unfit bastard in the world. Stamina just depletes massively. If you clamber over some raised platform, like it just it goes down massively. Yeah. If you d- jump onto a ledge, goes everything just affects your stamina, and like too much. I, basically, I think that's the thing because like the micromanaging bits are kind of not. They're not really massively out of line for the survival stuff, in my opinion. From what I saw, I think they're too much. Though, I think because, like, I think they have to like the stuff like the stamina has way too much of effect. Like I can climb over a fence without having it. to need to sit down for a bit afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I sound a lot fitter than this guy, to be honest. Like the um, <laughs> all right, and fucking Ma- hell, and modest <laughs> as well. Like, <laughs> fucking hell, calm down. I try and think of some Usain Bolt. Uh, I don't know, but <laughs> muscles from Reading. <laughs> yeah, um, but like the uh, yeah, and the health bar then is. Just feels like it's constantly going down and you have you kill like whatever a sheep right a goat a large animal you eat the sheep or the goat and then about three minutes afterwards like it's straight it's like oh Tommy rumbling again have to eat once more I mean it was there were some moments of triumph on the stream where you killed a wolf that had been stalking you with yeah. a stick and you were like yeah and then but you definitely know, and- like uh, I'm I don't think that this is a complete shambles. Like I, I But then it was also really really funny when I was like <laughs> I was going like, you know, you need to eat something, you've got one percent health left, you need to eat something, you need to eat something, and you were fannying about like drinking water and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then just I was like, You need to eat something, and you were like, Oh no, we're fine, and then just died. Don't you have to purify the water as well? Like yeah. you can get dirty water and obviously yeah. presumably that will like make you sick. Yeah, it makes you sick, uh which yeah, you can just get ointment and there's a lad sat in the corner who doesn't speak to you yeah Reeves uh, he is your your buddy who breaks out of this uh, base and um, is taken into detail it's just so outlandish <laughs> like to try and explain the story which at the start actually right this is worth noting at the start of Metal Gear Survive um, a message pops up on screen saying this is a pseudo-historical it's like a pseudo-historical telling of events or account of events or whatever it is, right? But it's called a pseudo-historical. So it, does that mean that everything ha- that happened in the Metal Gear Solid games is real? And like... Or maybe it's <laughs> saying like it's sort of based on Metal Gear Solid. I feel like it's kind of giving them an out. Like it's like, look, this is just like, I don't know, a bit of a laugh, which maybe yeah. it is. And you're like, oh, do you know, this is just like, this is completely separate of the Metal Gear do you know canon, which be, is fair enough. What would be even better is that every time you died, it loaded and you were like, wait, that's not how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> it like, in, like in Judgment, Metal Gear, uh, not Metal Gear, uh, Gears of War Judgment or fucking... Yeah, yeah. Call of War is uh, yeah. Gunslinger. <laughs> the, the great example of that. Fucking wonderful game. Sorry, Mike, one. Uh, no, I was just going to say, it takes, from what I understand, it, it takes place after Metal Gear Solid 5 Ground Zeroes, yep. doesn't it? As they, and they end up in, in a In between wor- Ground Zeroes and Phantom yeah, Pain. Yeah, and they end up in a wormhole or something. Yep. Yeah. Spot on. They end up yep. in this world called Dite, where these zombies are, uh, wanderers, who are called wanderers. Yeah. And they have these red spikes in their face. They're kind kind of half zombie half clicker I suppose from Last of Us which are very zombie anyway yeah they gave off a clicker vibe actually mm. looking at yeah and they're just they're, they're fine you know I, I a lot of Metal Gear Survive is completely fine like it didn't mm-hmm. there, there's, there's there's nothing about Metal Gear Survive that kind of pulls me back in to, to play more of it 
it just seems like it is there and it will serve a purpose for people maybe looking for more a game that plays sort of like Metal Gear Solid 5 and if that's what you're looking for this may tide you over until Metal Gear Solid 6 perhaps like I don't think that this is going to damn the uh, the franchise name that much that Metal Gear Solid 6 is going to be kind there will be a Metal Gear Solid 6 because they would be silly to not make a Metal Gear Solid 6 yeah what form that takes I have no idea they're probably going to wait until they're either going to spaff it out before Death Stranding or wait five years until like post Death Stranding I'd point. love a Blur versus Oasis roll roll <laughs> within country house type deal with Death Stranding and Metal Gear Solid 6 if they were out within a week of each other oh, I'd be great uh, but you know what sounds great mm. Legendary Gary oh yeah uh, I haven't played this, but this is definitely on my list mm. to play. You love you love meta, don't you? I do. Well, mm, depends. You love some meta. I love some meta. <laughs> and Legendary Gary looks like it It has enough meta and not well, too much. Well, Legendary Gary's got a meta about itself, which is in itself strange. So Legendary Gary is uh, a short uh, kind of point-and-click adventure, sort of... <laughs> Difficult to describe. Uh, it's all hand-drawn, so it's an in- indie game that is not pixel art, which I know you're a fan of. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that, yeah. Um, and it's uh, been developed over the course of about three years by one guy uh, who worked on The Last of Us and What Remains of Edith Finch. Um, and Legendary Gary is about this guy called Gary, who is just a really normal dude. Uh, he lives in his mum's basement. Uh, his... He worked at like the local kind of uh, supermarket, kind of big chain, massive Walmart type place. Um, I'm pretty sure I know Gary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, got fired. He's been dating the same girl for years. Um, and uh, his life's kind of like none of the things in Gary's life are bad, but it just means he hasn't changed or yeah. kind of great. So he's kind of getting a bit dissatisfied with his life. And at the same time, it's kind of coming like uh, everyone around him is as well. So like his his dad died, so his mum gave like all the the insurance money and their life savings to a Christian kind of doomsday cult that thinks the world's about to end. Um, his girlfriend has decided that she might want to join the Marines and like maybe they should break up, maybe they shouldn't. What should happen there? Uh, his best friend Dave uh, is sort of uh, starting to become uh, depressed, um, and so there's a lot of stuff kind of regular stuff going on in Gary's life that, that and I guess the point is that like it's not the stuff of legend mm-hmm. but to Gary it is important yeah because um, you know your your problems are important because they're your own problems right um, true and so there's that so day to day during the day you sort of go back to work as Gary and try and get your job back and you like talk to your mother and uh, talk to your friends and stuff and talk to your girlfriend uh, and then by night, Gary plays this game called The Legend of the Spear, which is a fantasy game, an adventure game that turned up on his doorstep and he thought it was just like a key giveaway kind of thing. Uh, and except that like his life is in the game sort of. So it's like, you know, people play games as escapism and he can't because stuff in his life turns up in the game. Mm-hmm. So characters in the game represent characters from his real life. So like... His mum in real life, um, uh, is, she wears a blue kind of turquoise dress, she's got white hair and she sits with her hands in her lap and there's a character in 
the the game who uh, called Ad Aldridge, who is a woman who wears turquoise dress and she's got white hair and she kind of has her hands clasped in front of her and stuff. Um, so dominant kind of behaviours and colours are reflected with uh, characters from Gary's life and characters in the game and locations in Gary's life and locations in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like it starts to bleed together a bit. Like There are puzzles in the game that are answered by things that Gary, like conversations Gary's had in real life conversations Gary has had in real life sort of start to turn up a bit in the game um, and it all kind of comes to a head and it's 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 a very kind of natural like nice story and kind of weird in a way because you know like a lot of us play games for kind of escapism and there's there's a lot of like like you know wouldn't it be cool to like live in this game and stuff and it kind of wouldn't really mm-hmm. And like it's like playing games a lot doesn't actually solve any problems that you might have in your real life if you have problems in your real life. True that. I mean, it can maybe inspire you into different kind of direction because it's it's not like the game doesn't affect Gary's life. Gary's life kind of affects the game more, I think. Um, and it's really interesting, and that there, there are kind of it sounds it like even the idea of like you saying, you know, his life. It's not. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's just like he probably feels like he's stuck in a bit of a rut. Yeah. But at the same time, nothing is... It's not, it's not, it's not doing anything wrong. It's yeah. not wrong. It's not a bad life. But uh, And there are kind of branching things that can happen. So, like, uh, you gain motivation or lose motivation and they affect, like, maybe things you can do in real life. Uh, so, like, um, uh, saying certain things to, to your friends or, or your mum might require that you have 10 motivation, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can earn that in the game and then you lose it in real life if you're like mean to someone and stuff uh, there are there's things like your nephew does has a bad relationship with his dad and you kind of can talk to them to kind of try and reconcile like maybe how your nephew approaches that and how his dad approaches it um, is, it, is so, it quite open? not hugely right um, but there is a couple of little branching bits cool. maybe um and it's just really cool. The 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 bulk of the gameplay in the sort of fantasy thing is is uh, turn based combat where each turn everyone moves simultaneously, so you can rewind and try out different attacks and stuff and tactics. So it's more like a puzzle dressed up as a fight than an actual fight, mm. which is I quite liked. A couple of the later fights became a bit of a kind of slog of I want to try that, repeat, try that kind of mm-hmm. um, and. And stuff, but I think overall, it's really it's a very very unique game. I think I I would challenge you to play it and then come and tell me you played something like it before. Challenge accepted. There you go. <laughs> I will. Uh, so anyway, it's about five hours, I think. Yeah, I, 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 it's one of those that I mean, my list is growing massively. But w- one of my must plays before we fight it out next December. Mm. Um, speaking of speaking of big fights, World War Two. That was a big one, Mike, wasn't it? Yeah, that was pretty big. <laughs> That was a big fight between, between lads and their guns <laughs> and shit. You've been playing a game that's based on that war. Yes, I have. How is it? Call of Duty World War II, what do you think? Um, It's surprisingly very impressive. I mean, it's... Surprisingly? Well, I don't know. I've, I was saying this to you yesterday, actually, in the office column. I haven't been, like, keeping up with Call of Duty for quite a few years. So I think the last one I played properly was um, Modern Warfare 3 or maybe the one after it. So mm. it's been a while. Um, I don't know, maybe I just got a little jaded with it or whatever. But no, I've died back in with this one. And it's um, it's funny, as you said, you know, with Call of Duty, you think, oh, God, Call of Duty, Call of Duty again. But it, they are 
Call of Duty games yeah. are generally They're, of yeah. a very good stand. From they are robust. Like, good yeah. to great yeah, a lot they, of the time. Exactly, they There's are. a couple of blips in there, like <laughs> Ghosts. But like a lot of yeah. the time, they're quite good games. Yeah, I mean, and this is yeah. I mean, from what I played, I'm not that far in it. Maybe the, fir- the first couple of missions and everything, which starts off um, on the D-Day landings. You know, it's it's. I'm enjoying it so far. I mean, the game looks gorgeous. Um, I mean, I'm only playing. I'm not playing. What in, are you playing um, it on? I'm not. I'm playing on my 4K TV, but I don't. So I don't. It's um. I've got an Xbox One S, but it says it has like HDR and stuff. So I'm not quite sure. I, I'm pretty sure it's not in 4K because I'm not, obviously not on the X, but HDR I think is on it. Right. Something. Yeah. But um, either way, it looks damn nice. It does look really good. Uh, there's not a lot of the um, kind of like the visual clipping and some of the other like glaring issues that with the previous games they don't seem to be apparent here, which is nice. They, you know, there's it, a lot of technical polish with it, and the like the depiction of um, you know the soldiers and all that kind of stuff on D-Day is actually pretty good. I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, Save It Private Ryan is obviously a big influence and stuff, but it does it. It, it doesn't kind of like go overboard. It's quite gritty, which is as it should be. I mean, I was quite impressed with it, but um, the uh, the you know the general gameplay and stuff is, is solid. I mean, the shooting, the basic shooting mechanics in Call of Duty have always been good. Mm-hmm. You know, they've always been solid. What do you think of the the new squads based? Uh, mechanics. Have you come across all of them? Like yes. the ammo, the health? Yeah, the or... health. Yeah, that's pretty. Actually, that's pretty cool. I think that's actually quite a good idea. Although it's interesting because, like, I'm not playing on. I think I'm playing on regular difficulty. But um, the the medikits and stuff, like with on the first mission, you got your buddy who gives you like medipacks if you want and stuff. But and they're quite like plentiful. It's almost like it became a little bit too easy in s- certain places. Because you can just like max out easily enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, but if it's, I mean, that's like just the first level, for example. But I thought that was a pretty cool addition. I mean, you, uh, with the, um, I mean, on the one after that, I was like running out of ammo for some weapons quite a lot. So, you know, being able to go back and just, hey, you know, check me some bullets or whatever, here you go. That was pretty cool. And the, um, there's a lot of, um, you know, like, like you're starting off on running off in a tank in one of them and stuff, and it will, blows up and everything I and mean, then you've got to shoot shoot down some dive bombers and stuff with AA guns you know the, the, the set pieces are, are pretty good it's like it's not just like a a long slog through like you know just popping up and down capping mm. people in the head they do split things up quite well which have, is good have you met Paul Daniels yet? Yeah. I, <laughs> I haven't met Paul Daniels yet that's a yet. shame you'll, you'll meet him he's very good I enjoyed I enjoyed him. <laughs> I will be looking forward That's to it. Yeah, Call of Duty World War Two won Video Gamers Award for Best Game, featuring a tribute to the lovely Devin McGee's husband. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I look forward to meeting Paul Daniels. Uh, I um, was this? <laughs> like, Paul Daniels receives letters, which is a tribute to how the real life Paul Daniels would presumably receive. Very good. <laughs> oh, I'm very funny. Um, I haven't. Um, I've yet to uh, taste uh, the zombies and the multiplayer, but I. I will probably dip into that at some point soon, but um, yeah, no, I'm liking it so far. As I said, as I said yesterday, I want to go and play more, which is good. You are almost a jill sandwich. It's me, Mario. Would you kindly let's go bowling? This is my favorite store on the Citadel. War never changes. Every week on the Video Gamer Podcast, I test the gaming knowledge of my colleagues with a simple game called Who Am I? I give five clues to the identity of a video game character, and you, Alice Bell, and you, Mike Harridans, must give me the correct answer. All you have to do is say stop, and then give me said answer clue number one. My first appearance in a video game came in 2008. 28. 28. <laughs> clue number two. My name pays homage 
our homage <laughs> to two science fiction authors. Oh my god. My name good. pays homage or homage to two science fiction authors. Stop. Alice Bell. Isaac Clark. And this week's yes! oh! <laughs> Of course. It's, 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 it's Isaac Clark. It's Alice Bell. <laughs> Two clues in. Well, take a sweep from the jar. Alice Bell, very impressed. Thank oh, you. And that survival horror as well. I mean, that's my kind of thing. Oh, oh. Okay, I will go through the clues. Do show my working? Uh, my first appearance in a video game came in 2008, Dead Space. Clue mm. number two, my name pays homage to two science fiction authors, Isaac Asimov and Arthur C. Clarke. Mm. Clue number three, I am a ship systems engineer and have been playable in three games in my series, also popping up in one of the spin-offs. I would have had it then. I would have had it. Uh, the, the spin-offs. <laughs> yeah, well, you didn't. The spin-off <laughs> being uh, Dead Space Ignition in 2010. Uh, clue number four, in 2013, famed horror man John Carpenter suggested he'd like to adapted for screen but nothing has ever come of it and clue number five as of four months ago the studio that developed my games was shut down of course Visceral Games leading many to hope uh, lose hope for a sequel and it's been clue number two two science fiction authors yeah well I was just like okay what I'm the, I was just like the most fiction. famous science fiction authors Arthur C. Clarke right cool. yeah I, and then I totally knew you I went with Asimov that. I was Asimov I was like no one's called Asimov and then it was and, but then I was like okay I basically put them together until I came up with something that was also a game character. Yeah, very, very impressed. Yeah, right. I clearly need to read more. I uh, will if if I ever come across a similar clue, I'll make sure to put that in. Yeah, later. I'll in. get literary <laughs> ones. I'll get. Congratulations! Not the game ones. Not the game ones. <laughs> Questions, comments, opinions, and other things similar to that. You've got them. You send them to us. Then I read them out here, and I. I relay the information <laughs> to generally speaking Alice Bell and either Mike Harridans or Rich Walker on occasion maybe Dean Abdu as well and then we discuss it we maybe answer your question or we 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 give an opinion on the opinion you have given us either way look you send us things and we read them out that's my favourite one yeah that's really good can turn it into a jingle where it's like a little song <laughs> I'll t- if somebody uh, somebody auto tune that and uh, that could be the that could be the jingle for this part. So yes, every Tuesday we send the call out on Twitter at uh, videogamer.com for questions from you lovely people, or you can uh, send your questions, opinions, and all the other things I said by emailing us podcast at videogamer.com and then, as I said, we read them out on the show. Uh, so Michael got in touch and asked, "Will Far Cry Five be any good? Will it? Will it be any good, Mike Ardens? Yes, it will. Okay, definitely. that's fair enough. It seems fifty seems fifty. Fifty fifty. Because I think it might chicken out of the proposed themes that's my worry i i wanted to go for it and i am a little bit triple a companies are hesitant to go for it so uh which yeah like even we saw that a little bit with wolfenstein like where uh, there was a sort of i don't know there was weird mixed messaging between the a lot of the marketing and like some um some bethesda uh, PR people who would kind of go ah well you know yeah Nazis weren't great but still at the same time blah 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 and then like a lot of the marketing was like yeah fuck the Nazis it was just so it was a little bit mixed well it's because mm. the, the, they were like listen it's not end, any Nazis in particular yeah 
which I thought was I, listen I was on board with their marketing strategy but, <laughs> but you know some people were like yeah but you know Nazis were real I, see, I don't know it, it was, it, that, that was very strange and I, I don't know I feel like Far Cry 5 might be similar maybe not we'll we'll see I've played a bit of it and I quite enjoyed it seemed like Far Cry so I think I'm I'm sort of waiting on the story to see how that plays out uh, Mick got in touch and asked Yakuza 6 demo is out today it's basically the, sa- the size of the full game is this why demos rarely get put out anymore insane file sizes mm. now the, the Yakuza 6 demo is what Mike it's like late 30s it's gigabytes, 36.53 it? I think if you want to be precise <laughs> yeah fair play um, <laughs> yeah. Which, is, which is large no yeah. doubt but uh, with, well, I don't know I don't know if that's because like I literally I'm purely um, speculating I have no idea but I wonder is that because does your progress carry over from the demo to the main game yes it does so, so like, it says your save data maybe does there's over. something I, I think Yakuza's in qu- quite an interesting position in terms of like putting a demo out and stuff because it's like so like people saw you streaming and stuff we got Yakuza 6 a while before release for review purposes which doesn't happen Certainly not as far forward as we got it much. There's mm-hmm. a peep behind the curtain here. Um, because, and because as well, like, games involve so much work these days. I mean, they always did, but there's so much, like, crunch right up until release and stuff that people talk about. They don't have fuck it. They're just trying to get the game finished. They don't have time to do a demo. Mm. So I think Yakuza's in uh, a kind of slightly unique position in that the game is, is basically done. So they could, they were just like, well. Mm. Uh, Ken asks a similar Yakuza-themed question. Uh, just watched Colin's Yakuza 6 stream ahead of the demo releasing today, so inspired by that, what is your favourite side activity in a game? Bonus question, what's the most bizarre side activity you've encountered? The spearfishing in Yakuza 6 looks like it's going to be up there for me. Uh, what's your favourite side, side activity in a game? What's your favourite side activity in a game, Mike? Oh my god! Um, side mission, or well, not side mission as such, but like, like uh, I don't know, okay, the the horseshoe throwing in Red Dead, or uh, that's the only thing that's going to poker <laughs> or Gwent yeah. or fucking oh Gwent, yeah. I play, you know what? Uh, playing. Um, I, I don't know if you count it as a side activity. Playing, hang on, in Shenmue. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or the punching game where you have to like have super cre- like the you got a punt um, press a button corresponding with like the um, this uh, boxing game and you have to like, punch really quickly and do combos. It's actually really challenging. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the actual name of it, but that was good. Uh, I, I, I totally forgot that Gwent was yeah like, before it was a, a mini game. game. Yeah, I. I put in a lot of hours into Gwent. Did you? If you not oh, got into great. like Gwent, Gwent then no. And I, I never, I don't know, I just didn't really have the time or what, I just never properly got into Gwen Gwent, but put a lot of time into uh, just like, yeah, stroll into a pub and like, oh, what's this weird card game? Oh, I'd say I wouldn't like this at all. This would be shit. Fucking proper got into it. <laughs> really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, fa- fa- favourite. By a hair's breadth, you missed being a Magic the Gathering nerd, didn't you? Ah, a hair's no, breadth. I did not. Nice. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Um, so t- <laughs> tell me side activity was... What's your favourite? Oh, oh, come on. Can you not guess what I would say based on your impression that you do of me as well? Um, Which, by the way, the, my husband listened game? to and said was really good. Is there a card game in Dragon Age? No, but my obvious, my favourite side activity in games is shagging supporting characters. Is there a side activity? Romances are a side activity. 
they take a lot of time. But they're a side activity. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay, fair enough. Because they're not at all material to the main game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Ross asks, does any game have a big, have as big a high as the last 45 minutes or so uh, of the first Bayonetta? Does it? Can you, th- can you think of any, like, condensed f- f- 30, 40 minutes Ooh. of a game that is just, like, this is just pure magic? Because oh. I'll give you one. Mm. The end of Super Mario Odyssey, which is probably even less than a half an hour, actually. Like, that ending sequence just, just came to my head there, I think is just golden. It's just absolutely fucking brilliant. Uh, suicide Run Mass Effect 2? Oh, that's okay, a good yeah, one. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, Says the Mass Effect 2 liker. Oh, God, jeez. Um, probably end of uh, Resi 4? That was pretty. That was pretty intense. I'm glad the two of you really, you know, uh, broadened your horizons and didn't just pick <laughs> on your favourite games. Like I gave you Mario. I could have told you something <laughs> from Metal Gear really or Sonic. Mario. You know, yeah, but I could have told you from like, you know, a all right, series. the end of all right, uh, Sonic and Knuckles. There you go. The end of Sonic, Sonic and Knuckles. No, Sonic Free and Knuckles. Oof. That massive fight, the um, the bosses, the Death Egg, all of that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, well done, Mike. Fuck See, you. I'm not changing. I'm not changing. Man. <laughs> uh, so that just about does it for this week's edition of the Video Game Podcast. Thank you very much, dear listener, for listening. Of course, if you want your opinion to be heard on the Video Game Podcast, you can email us. Uh, anytime throughout the week at podcast at videogamer.com and if you want to hear an extra bit of this podcast and also get it 24 hours earlier you can become a VGBG VIP by heading to patreon.com forward slash videogamer just for $4.50 you get this podcast 24 hours earlier and you get four monthly podcasts uh, where we speak about one CSI one wrestling one games and one where we just talk shit talk about our lives you get a peek behind the curtain uh, which is this week's which is called Dialogue Options where I will talk about my horrendous move and we will talk about Alice can talk about her move as well because she had hers as well Uh, so yeah as I say a little peek behind the curtain if you want to do so Uh, you can also subscribe to this podcast via all of your podcatching apps and you can rate us on iTunes the five star button is the curiously the only one that's working so if you could do that that would be wonderful you can follow us you can, you can follow me on Twitter and if you want at Conum underscore Hearn you can follow Video Gamer and all of the relevant social networks uh, Instagram Facebook Snapchat and Twitter at videogamer.com and also on YouTube youtube.com forward slash TV. but for all of your video gamer needs just to do videogamer.com and it's now snowing. it's just uh, it's snowing live it's time woohoo <laughs> For my least favorite party show. Yes, this is the party show. Must be the listener. Adieu. So say goodbye, Mike Harridan. Cheerio. Say goodbye, Alice Bell. Bye. And say goodbye, Conor Mahern Sloan. Gaffold. <laughs>